This morning, as I was working through and or this last week, really focusing on what I was going to speak on this morning, I settled on a message that I believe is perhaps something a little differently than the way that we would normally look at it. And so here's my question. How many of you believe that God has a master plan? Amen. All right. And so when we talk about history, I heard it said that history is his story. It's the, it's the epic tale that God is, is weaving together all throughout time. And it's a tale that spans many generations. You remember when, back in the day, when Hollywood would make those movies that actually had morals to them? And, and when, when they would do a story that was literally an, an epic, that literally hundreds or thousands would be a part of the cast, they would tell a story, and sometimes you'd see a story that would show generations in the period of one movie because there's a big overarching story that was being told. And so there were so many parts to it. The good thing about this story that we are a part of is that though it spans many generations, the great news is we know who the hero is. We know who will come and save the day in the end. And, you know, when they do movies, I love watching little shows or documentaries that tells how a story comes together. And how many notice, have ever seen the deal where they, where they have a general idea for a movie or some story? And so they kind of put together a storyboard. Okay, here's the dots that we want to hit along the journey. And then so as they're writing, they connect the dots and tell the story. Well, guess what? We may not know every detail of the whole story, but we've got this whole storyboard right here. We know the key points that are going to be hit. We know that we may live in a time that it seems that at every turn the enemy is gaining the advantage. But how do we know in the movies it always works out that way right before the climax when the hero comes and sets things right? Well, that's kind of exactly the story plot we have here. We know the points. We know what is coming. And the thing is, we just don't know how all the dots are going to be connected. We can kind of tell a little bit perhaps where we are in the story, but we don't know how they're all going to be connected. Do you know what? We don't have to have all the details. One thing that we do know is, is the fulfillment of God's plan is only a matter of time. It will happen. It will come together. He will be victorious. Our personal part of the story, though, is what I'm going to focus on this morning. Because we're here for, I mean, we're here for a season. We're here for a time. So what part do we play in that story, in that thing that he's telling, in, in his story? See, I am a personal believer that every one of us has a God-preferred, a God-ordained destiny to fulfill. And his plan will come together. It's literally a matter of time, as we said. But what are we going to do for our part? What are we going to do with the gift that God has given us? How many know that God has given you a precious gift? Matter of fact, probably next to salvation 
in life itself, the greatest gift that he has given us is time. Now, time is something that's interesting. Even though it is set and it, it runs on a very set, precise pattern, we live a life where at times it seems like time flies. We live a life where at times it seems like time is dragging on forever. But we do have a personal part. So what are we going to do with this gift he's given us? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. If you look at the various translations, the King James actually says, and the New King James says, redeem the time. Now, how many of you are planning on going to the state fair that's just around the corner? We already have plans. I mean, it's a thing that, that every year, uh, just about, Kim's brother calls her and says, hey, I'm coming up. When are you guys available to go to the fair? And so it's usually something that we do as a family. Usually, you know, Derek and Shelby now, and, and uh, Derek and Meredith. Let's say Derek, Daniel. Daniel and Shelby. A picture Daniel said Derek. I have to correct that for the next service. All right. But anyway, it's, it's something we do as a family. And so one of the things is, though, if you've ever been, is that, is that instead of just doing cash or, or card, you have to buy these tickets or coupons or vouchers, whatever you want to call them, and that's your money while you're there. And so when you go to buy something, just like all the crazy food that's available, I'm still a traditionalist. I have to have the Fletcher's corn dog. I don't eat corn dogs any other time. There's something about when they're fresh made right there that, you know, it costs way too much of them, but you have to spend tickets to get them. And so as I thought about that, you know, there's, there's this idea of, of this idea of, of spending or redeeming those tickets for the things that you're looking for. And so we, we, a few years back, we kind of set this policy. We decided, okay, this is how much we have to, we, we, we've budgeted to spend. And so we go, we walk in, we buy our tickets, and we just, especially when the kids were young, and we, we distribute them and say, okay, this is it. When they're gone, they're gone. So be careful how you spend those. Be careful how you redeem those tickets. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad the food vendors don't take the debit card because you can lose track of what you've done if you get to pay them with a debit card, and next thing you know, you've spent more than you thought, right? And so I was thinking about that. I thought about this question I want us to focus on this morning. If our time on this earth was given to, you, was given to us as vouchers to be redeemed, would we still waste so much of it? I think that's something worth thinking about. I mean, what if we were born and God says, here's your vouchers. Here's how much time you've got. And for every hour you spent, you had to redeem one of those vouchers. Would it make us think a little more about 
what we did with our time? Because the truth is, would we invest more toward the fulfillment of our God-given purpose? Because you know what? Think of this. How you spend your time is more important than how you spend your money. Money mistakes can be corrected over time, but wasted time can never be bought back with money. Because we're given a finite amount of time. And the greatest gift God has given us is time. But to me, if we use it wisely, it can be so wonderful, but such a tragedy if we waste it. So Paul wrote to the Ephesians, He said, be very careful then how you live, redeeming the time. So I thought of that. Passing time. You ever been in one of those situations, you just want time to go by. You wish that the clock had a fast forward like your DVR, right? You're like, okay, I'm stuck here. I don't want to do this. Every time I have jury duty, it's like, Lord, where's the fast forward button? Because you're just sitting there. I've got to where every time that happens, i like, Lord, if I'm stuck here, give me somebody I can speak something in their life while I'm here. So at least I'm redeeming the time for something. Right? So I was thinking about that. Passing time. Or kind of the subtitle I put to it is The Crime of Killing Time. You know, remember when you were a kid and you didn't always redeem your money wisely? Yeah, well, I was going to get to that in a minute. (laughs) But the reason is you don't understand the value. I remember as a kid, I'd be given money, and and man, we'd, we'd go to the store or something. And I remember multiple times my grandfather looking at me and said, basically say, he was a loving grandfather, so this is going to sound harsher than it was, but he'd say, boy... He said, that money's burning a hole in your pocket, isn't it? Because if I had anything in my pocket, I was finding something in the store for that price. Right? And I can't tell you how many times I bought some little toy that was broke by the end of the day because all I could do was buy something cheap. Not even comprehending the idea of taking what I've been given, waiting till I had more and getting something really worthwhile. One, one story in my, steps out that sticks out in my mind is I remember being at, uh, we were living in Garland at the time, and, and there were still Kmarts around. And we were at Kmart. And, and so they had... They had this little, I had a little money in my pocket, and they had this little display, and it was these really cool-looking flashlights. And this was before we had the nice little keychain flashlights, so it was a little bigger. But it was this really cool-looking flashlight, and it was kind of square, and it had this little slide switch. I'll never forget it. I got bought one that was bright yellow because they came in cool colors. And my brother was there, too, and he decided he wanted a flashlight. And he got more of a regular flashlight. And I picked on him. I was like, this one's way cooler. And look, it's even brighter. But guess what? It had a built-in battery, and it was disposable. And so when the battery was gone, it was done. The one my younger brother, but apparently at that time smarter brother, bought 
you could replace the batteries. But I was so excited about the cool flashlight. I kept picking up, mine's brighter than yours. And so we bought it. We left the store. And I, I just couldn't resist. I kept, I would even like take my coat and cover it up and like, ooh, that's so bright, that's so cool. And I kept playing with the light. I drained the battery for it, even got dark so I could use it for its real purpose. Mine was wasted. His, all he had to do was change the battery. But you see, when you're, there's so many times when you're young, you don't think of those things. I didn't understand getting something that would last, getting something that had a, had a purpose. I mean, I used that thing up before it could even possibly use for its true purpose. Don't we too often do the same with our gift of time? We waste so much of it. When we're young, we think we have all the time in the world. But far too often, as somebody said, we kind of never really grow out of that instant gratification thing. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the fair as we walk through, because you know what? When you go to the fair... They've got all these games and stuff, and they make the games look so cool. And they have the callers for the game that try to entice you to come and and redeem some of your vouchers there for a silly game that it's almost impossible to win. Oh, they make it look so easy because the person that's manning it, they've done it a hundred times. They know exactly how to do it. And they're like, oh, I can win that big thing. And And guess what we do? By the time we leave, we've given, we've redeemed way more tickets than we should have. And we walk away with nothing. And they walk, they're standing there going, ah, another sucker. Right? But isn't that the way our enemy works? Our enemy wants to kill and steal and destroy. And one of the things that he wants to steal from us more than anything is the time that God has given us to do something for his purpose. I thought about that. So put together a little list of you might be wasting your time if. You might be wasting your time if you know more about home improvement. And if that's, I'm not talking about if this is your occupation because you shouldn't know a lot about it. Or sports than you know about Scripture. I mean, we can, you know, it's so funny, and, and Kim spent time in Scripture, so I'm not picking at her, but she loves the, the do-it-yourself network and HDTV and all that stuff, and, and we can be at the home improvement store, or we can be talking about doing something, and she knows all the technical terms to call those things, and sometimes she'll throw something out, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Our roles reverse, because I'm the one that at that point is saying, you know, the doohickey. And then there's those that can tell you everything about all their, their favorite sports team. But isn't it sad, really, when you think about it, that sometimes we know more about those things? We know more about our hobbies than we know about the very word of God that's supposed to be life to our soul? You know, you might be wasting time if you can call out designer clothes by name, but somebody can name a book of the Bible and you don't even know whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. 
might be wasting your time if the word service to you is what you receive from, not towards you give what you give towards God. You might be wasting your time. Picture this one. Because we live in a time, you know, I used to think there would never be a day that we'd be persecuted in this nation for being Christians. But you look at the atmosphere today and you could see where that could be something that happens. So you can imagine, what if you were put on trial for being a Christian? And after they investigated, after they poured through your bank account, they poured through your, all your stuff, how you spent your time, how you spent your money, your viewpoints on things, wouldn't it be sad if the case was dismissed for lack of evidence? See, there's so many things that the enemy robs us of the very life that God has given us. He gets your vouchers, and we leave earth empty-handed. I don't know about you. I don't want to leave earth empty-handed. I realize you can't take it with us, but we can Put our treasures in heaven, as Scripture says. So if your time on this earth was given as vouchers to be redeemed, would we still waste so much of it? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about redeeming the time. Let's talk about redeeming the time for something that, that lasting in return. I read it earlier, but... Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 in the New King James is written this way. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. How many of you used that word recently? Then it says, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, as believers, we have, to, we have to guard ourselves. We have to be watchful. We have to walk through life. Remember that the time that we were given, this precious gift was given for a purpose. There's something powerful about when we redeem our time for purpose. There's a joy in knowing that you're in the middle of God's will. Have you ever had those moments that you're doing something and in that moment all of a sudden it hits you, I am right where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and you can, I call them God's smile moments, you can almost feel God smiling on you in that moment. That's some of the most fulfilling time we can ever have on the planet. And yet so many times we chase after so many pleasures and so many things. We want to find things to entertain us. We want to find things that give us a little bit of feel good for a moment. But the truth is, if you ever notice, you can't ever find enough entertainment. You can't ever find enough pleasure to truly satisfy what's down in here. The most satisfying moments... And when you know you're walking in your purpose. A few weeks back, we had a day working on the building project back there. And, I mean, we got, we got here at 8 o'clock in the morning. Left about 8.20 that evening. 
I was exhausted. Church the next morning. All I want to do is just get a little something to eat and go to bed. I think we went to bed like at 9 o'clock that night, which we never do. But yet at the same time, being tired, being exhausted, there was a sense of I had redeemed that time for a purpose. I could just picture little kids growing up and coming to know Jesus. I could just picture those things happening. And I was like, that was time that was invested well. There are times that you put forth effort. You know, I love, I love when, when, when God gives me a message and I'm in those moments and somebody responds and somebody gives their life to Christ. Man, I live on such a high. It's like all that time was invested. Those are the most precious moments we have in life when we know that God is smiling on what we're doing. The original word here for wise is also used in 1 Corinthians one twenty six, where Paul reminds believers that not many of them were wise by human standards. How many know that when God uses us for something, it's not because we're wise. God doesn't look over the room and says, you know what, let me find the most gifted person Let me find the person that's got it all together. If that were the case, he wouldn't pick the people he picked in the Bible. That's the greatest thing is we don't have to be the wisest. We don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. All we have to be is available and willing to let God use us to redeem the time he's given us. And we can have those moments that are not only life-changing for us, they're life-changing for other people. It's also used in Romans one twenty-two, where Paul also says that the Gentiles, though they were wise, but they became fools. I know that earthly wisdom leads to being a fool, Right? All we have to do is look at the headlines today. Some of the things that people are spitting out today is wisdom. I'm like, what? That just doesn't even make any kind of common sense whatsoever. What are you smoking? But redeeming the time. You know what I think about that? You know what I think of? I think of young Olympic athletes. I think of musicians in the worldly standard that have applied themselves. Because have you ever seen, you know, it's one of the things I love about the Olympics, you know, and and this this next summer is going to be Olympics in Tokyo. I don't know about you, but I like watching the Olympics. Because one of the things that's cool to me is many times you see people that are so young and they're standing there on that podium and they've had a medal hung around their neck and you realize what it took for them to get there if you think about it they were redeeming time for a purpose when so many people their age were stuck on social media when so many people their age were just trying to to find out how they could entertain themselves and yet these are people that somehow, some way at an early age said, you know what, I'm going to do something with my life. 
And so no wonder they stand there with tears running down their face for that moment is because they look back and they say, all that time and effort I put in to get here has paid off and I'm standing here in the moment. You read stories about so many famous musicians, the same thing at an early age while all the other kids were playing in the neighborhood and doing other things. They were doing music lessons. They were focused. That was their focus. And someday long, it comes along and they get a gold record. And all of that for a gold medal or a gold record. Well, Scripture tells us the reward that waiting for us, where we're going, that that gold is pavement. Let that sink in for a moment. What we chase after and is so valuable is what they're going to, it's, it's, it's heavenly asphalt. Because we're told that the reward is waiting for us is so much greater. But they had a dream. They sold out to it. How much more should we re- redeem the gift of time God has given us for the heavenly purpose? Rewards we can't even imagine. Victories won for our kingdom and for the holy nation. But only if we're willing to leave normal behind and invest our gift for a purpose. See, God's given you talents. God's given you abilities. God's given you dreams. And you know what I've learned through the years? For every talent and every gift he's given us, Even every dream we have, there is a God version of those things that is so much greater than what we could do in the natural. So much more rewarding. And yet we chase after so many things. Anything less than living out the purpose of God is a waste of time. But reaping a reward because we redeem the time is incredible. Let's look at Revelation twenty two twelve. Jesus says this Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me. That's another word we don't use very often. To repay each for what he has done. So make a little clearer for you this. Read the same verse out of the message. I love the way it translates this. It says, Yes, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me. I'll pay people in full for their life's work. Now think about that in the area of redeeming the time. That's either that passage of scripture is exciting or it's a scary thought. I mean, think about it. Depending on how you lived your life. When it's all done, when it's all said and done, it's like, okay, and you've redeemed your last hour on this earth, and you're standing before God. I don't know about you, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. What I don't want to hear is make it there and him say, well, you're here. Can't say much else, but you're here. Or even worse, depart from me, you wicked, lazy servant. You see, this morning I'm not trying to be hard, 
But I think sometimes we need a little jolt of reality. Sometimes we need to realize that we are here on this earth for a season. We've only been given so much time to redeem. And if we don't redeem it well, that eternity is next. And eternity is the part that really matters. Eternity is eternal by name. And we need to think about how are we redeeming the time? What if as believers we could grasp that this life is just a matter of time, that we've been given this incredible gift, and the greatest thing we can do in return is living this faith out, understanding the value of that time we've been giving, and truly being one of those rare, real Christians. Years ago when I worked road construction, was in my 20s, and we hadn't been married hardly any time at all and and uh so you can imagine you know if you've worked construction you know the kind of people that you're working around and everything not that they weren't some good people there but you know what i found out i found out there's a whole lot of people that if the subject of scripture came up oh they were christians and it was news to everybody else because the way they lived their lives and what they redeemed the time on and I can't tell you how many times privately somebody would come to me and say, you know, you're, only, you're, you're one of the only real Christians I know. That's a sad statement. But you see, people that truly redeem the time are a rarity. Yeah, that's what we're commanded to do. Time has to be the greatest gift. And just think the very fact that we were created and that God chose to give us a free will and then he gave us the time and the ability to advance that will. But we get to choose how we redeem the time. Making the most of every opportunity, the scripture says, because the days are evil. If that was true then, how much more is that true now? What if we did look at our time as a voucher book and really gave thought to how we spend it? We would all have some that was very meaningful, some that was completely wasted. But this life is what we get is what we get, and when it's over, that's it. And the truth is, I know there's a whole lot of talk today, and this time we hear about inequality and and, and the, the playing field being even, Reality is, the playing field's never even. Reality, it's never equal. None of us know, if we, even if we got our time and vouchers, none of us know exactly how much there is. And some would have more than others. We understand that. But the truth is, however much you've been given, when it's over, it's over. And as we go through life, we don't know when we've spent that last hour. We don't know when it's over. It really is, you boil it down, it's a test of time. And what we do with this finite time we've been given on this earth tells us so much about our eternity and what it's going to look like. 
We get to choose when and where we spend our time, but we get, don't get to choose how long it is until we've redeemed our last voucher. Paul said, make the most of your time. So how much of it do you spend pursuing God? How much do you value the time you're spending right now? I'm going to step over into the toe-stepping mode for just a moment. But isn't there a little bit of a problem when we will go spend money to sit through a three-hour movie? We will do everything we can to make sure we can hold our bladder to it's over because we don't want to miss a thing. But we come into the Lord's house to redeem our time with him, and if it's much longer than an hour and 15 minutes or or 90 minutes, we're freaking out. And we don't even try to hold the bladder. I know I'm crossing the line here, but anyway. But you see people in and out all the time. Isn't God's time, I'm not trying to get all caught up in that, but isn't God, shouldn't we be able to give him a period of time and say, Lord, this is for you, and I'm here to get everything out of it that I need to get. Pastor, I don't want to overdo it. Okay, let's be honest. How many of us are really in danger of overdoing it? Paul, in speaking to his project, Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.15 says, Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. I realize that we all need downtime to laugh. We all need rest. We all need to enjoy the relationships that God has blessed us with. Our kids and hopefully soon grandkids deserve to play with us. Our spouses deserve to be dated and reminded how valuable they are. Scripture is clear that we are to do our job as unto the Lord. But somewhere in the mix of it all of these things, shouldn't the one that we say is number one get number one quality time? We can all say what's the most important, but it's how we redeem the time that we've been given that really tells the story of where our priorities really are. Redeeming the time. So I move to a close. Because far too soon, someday became yesterday. Sounds like a James Bond title, doesn't it? Where did the time go? See, faster than we want to believe, we will settle account with the judge of the earth. It will happen. Our friends that are lost, that we didn't reach, will stand before him as liars, thieves, blasphemers, adulterers, rebels. 
then it would be too late to make the most of the time because the days are evil. I believe you and I were born in these evil times for a reason. God trusted you with the gospel for this season and this time. When that day comes, I promise you, none of us will say, man, I wish I'd have spent more time killing time. We won't. We'll see the beauty of what's laid before us. We'll see the beauty of what could have been accomplished if we'd redeemed the time. And I guarantee you there won't be one of us that won't have some level of regrets. Oh, we'll be overwhelmed by what we see. It'll be incredible. But here's the thing. For every hour we redeem towards God's purpose with the right heart and the right attitude, we're literally investing in our eternity in heaven. We're building up treasures in heaven. Sometimes I think we need to get back to understanding that perspective and redeeming the time for the days are evil. I'm going to read one more scripture that we're going to pray. I had so much more I could say. Matthew 10, 42 says this. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is my disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. I know there are so many tasks that we think are so menial and so worthless and somehow beneath us. But if Jesus says, he who gives a cool cup of water in my name will be rewarded. You can translate that across the, almost across the line here. You can translate that to whoever would change a dirty diaper in my name. See, there's so many ways we can redeem the time. And isn't it sad that too often today what we see is the what's in it for me attitude? As I said earlier, the church wasn't meant to be a place for us to be served. It was meant to be a place where we serve others and serve the king. Amen.